Hi and welcome back. In today's episode, I wanted to share multiple topics. So, different topics that I found. So, I found different articles that I wanted to share today that I thought was very, very interesting. So, yeah, I will begin. So, I found these few topics, few articles that I wanted to share today. Um, so I think I'm going to start with this one here. So the story of basically the first one is why did Eve listen to the snake? That's the title of it. So basically if you, maybe some of you know the story of, um, Adam and Eve. So that's going to be the first, um, article that I'm going to be sharing in today's episode okay so basically eve has just one commandment to keep not to eat from the tree of knowledge right that's the story yet she listened to the snake who told her to eat the forbidden fruit and she then invited her husband adam to do the same thing it's a tragic tale that has that have less that has left sorry many wondering why did she even listen to the snake before answering this question, it's quite interesting to know that the, that the um, Bible tells us that the snake was one of the wildest beasts that God made, indicating that the snake used his cunning to intense Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. Commenters explain that the argument of the snake parallel the tactics of our own evil inclination, used to entice us to sin. For exploration, the snake will also gain a better understanding of the working of the evil inclination. So for example, not to eat from the tree of knowledge, yet Eve told that God has commanded not to eat and not to touch the tree. Although God or whatever the universe commanded Adam not to eat the tree, Adam rationalized that by not touching the the tree, they would be prevented from eating from it. So when he repeated, the comment, the command to Eve, he added that God said not to touch it. Hearing Eve's words, the snake pushed her into the tree, showing her that nothing would happen if she touched the tree. Ergo, nothing would happen if she ate from it. Anyways, so Eve ended up sinning by eating from the forbidden fruit. The forbidden fruit, right? The snack ate first. So Eve was told she wouldn't, she shouldn't eat from it because then she will die. But basically, the snake challenged that he could eat from the tree without any repercussion, which led Eve to speculate that the real reason behind the commandments was the snake claimed that God knows that as soon as you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like divine begins. So the snake didn't actually talk, rather it was for action that imitated the message that attributed to him in scripture so the appeal of forbidden pleasure so explain that the opening words of the snake was a tactic that he used did god indeed say you shall not eat any of the tree any of the trees of the new of the garden so surely the snake knew that all of the other trees were permitted permitted rather he was insuciating that all the fruit paled in comparison to the fruit of his tree of this tree and as long as she did not taste it it 
fruit, it would be as if she never ate fruit of any tree at all. Basically, the evil inclination works decreases one desire for the permitted while increasing one's desire for the forbidden. All is forbidden. So the snake was suggesting that all the trees in the garden were planted from branches of a tree of knowledge. As such, he reasoned they should really be forbidden to eat as well. This is another way the evil inclination entic people. So they're saying it's like a it's a big big challenge for people not to sin. Uh, when someone tells you that you shouldn't do something, um, we often you know let our kind of a rebel side um or like uh, you know we all have one side of the brain that is more reasonable and we kind of let that side of the brain tell us uh, like hey i don't really want to do this like what's going to happen if i do it it's kind of like when you know your parents or someone else tells you you shouldn't do this because then this will happen and you're like can i just do it do it anyways just to know it's like when someone tells you something and then you're like let me just that's your opinion let me just do it and then figure out like make my own opinion from the situation right sometimes you need to make you know your own mistakes and you also sometimes you just need to go and do things uh that people have told you not to do to get i guess your own opinion out of it and to make your own mistakes and hopefully learn from those mistakes basically no one better than god so explains that adam and eve knew that their life in the garden was meant to be an ongoing expansion of divine consciousness brought by cultivating and guarding eve perhaps ate the fruit that was forbidden the snake was trying to plan eve mind the idea that perhaps god meant to deprive them of the fullness of his creation and limit their ability to accomplish his ends he's not letting them use every available mean that his world this world his home sabotaging their effort he has denied you this fruit he may as well denied you all fruits basically the snake convinced eve that he knew better than god himself to accomplish god's end so often a lot of people will think oh you know you're i'm better than the one upstairs i'm better than the universe i'm better i know better we always think we know better or we always think that people around us know better than you know know better than us or better than us um you know, are so much better and so much smarter than us but at the end of the day there will always be you know brainwashing in this particular story talking about how we are so um as human beings we're so influenced right we're so influenced by other people's opinion uh on different topics other people's way of seeing things other people's perspective we are often very brainwashed right and also we kind of most of the time we'll listen to our you know if i can say our evil side or side of our brain that's not very rational so in this particular story it's that we don't know what's gonna happen so you know what i mean we don't know what's gonna happen we don't know if what we're doing is good or bad uh we don't know where this this particular situation or particular experience is gonna take us so at the end of the day, we don't know better than the universe. We don't know what's going to happen. That's how it is. So we should just do our best and try our best not to be, you know, not to do bad things, not to sin. And try to not listen to our rational, not listen to our unrational side of our brain that tells us, you know, 
that we should do something that we know we shouldn't. Um, and hopefully learn from our mistakes once again. So basically, this is another way the evil inclination usually works. Attempt to convince us the sin as human, as humans, we are logical thinkers and we would refuse, right? Someone tells us don't do something, you're not supposed to do it, then you know automatically. Instead it convinces us in transgressing God express with a shortcut to accomplish a God true purpose and supposedly sinful act. Now that we know why Eve listened to the snake, we can better understand, be aware of the willy tricks of our own cunning snake, the evil inclination and conquering it, right? Like our our bad habits in a way. So often we try to like, as they mentioned, take the shortcut and try to do what we think God wants us to do or what we think God wants or the universe wants. And you just have to let time, you know, you have to let time does everything and we just need to let God or the universe do what it needs to do. Once again, it's very important to remember this because we often want to go too fast, including myself. We want to go too fast. We're, we're too much in a rush and we don't let the universe do its thing. Like it needs time to do what it needs to do. It's just not the right timing. And often in the story, they're kind of giving an example of, you know, this is kind of like a major experience, right? It's like a very serious story that you shouldn't eat this fruit because if you eat this fruit, you're going to die in this particular situation. You know, we're kind of going overboard with the example, but it's kind of like giving, you know, from the story, we're kind of learning a life lesson of, you know, brainwashing, sinning, and also being um, a little bit too much in a rush and not letting time just do what it needs to do. So yeah, that was the first article that I wanted to share. I thought it was very interesting and we can learn um, a good lesson from the story, from that story, or just, you know, give ourselves kind of like this reminder that you know, we shouldn't always listen to our unrational side. Even if sometimes it just seems so tempting. Anyways, moving on, I'm going to move on to another article that's a whole other topic because every article i'm going to be sharing today is going to have a different topic so this one in particular is which of these four personality types are you so we're going to talk about in this second article we're talking about elements so four elements i think we all know the four elements so fire air um water and earth and kind of trying to figure out um which you know which um element we are obviously you know as human beings we're multiple things we can be a fire and a water sign we can have you know traits of a earth sign and a fire sign because you know we're not we're not just one thing as human beings we're not just one thing and we shouldn't just limit ourselves to one particular thing or label ourselves to one um like personality trait because we are multiple things um and obviously you know on our journeys of discovering who we are and bettering ourselves, we also want to know you know you know what kind of element fits me better um how do i want to live my life am i more of an air fire it doesn't really matter i mean in a way you can be like you know you can have a personality of a water sign of a you can have like a water personality but be you know what i mean it's like you're not automatically going to be exactly what they say you're supposed to be, right? Obviously. And obviously each their own. You can be, for example, you can be a fire, you know, have a fire personality. 
but you know some of your traits are also water you can be you know even when it comes to the zodiac for example i'm an earth sign but then automatically mean that i'm gonna have exactly the the, the um exact definition of you know an earth personality you know anyways so when you i'm doing this for fun once again this is not like we're not trying to label ourselves to just one thing we're just trying to have fun right a little bit of fun once in a while never hurt anyone in some situations right <laughs> in some cases okay so the first sign the first personality or element is the fire personality so the nature of fire is that is that it rises upwards basically it's energetic passionate and dynamic our leader our leaders and bold visionary are fire types but the downside of fire is power without restraint anger arrogance aggression and cruelty once again it doesn't mean you're a fire personality that you're automatically all these things once again the air personalities so basically the first one is pretty self-explanatory so um you're energetic you're passionate dynamic um you have personality of leaders and bold visionaries um but the bad side the downside is that um you want too much power you're you're you, you have anger issues arrogance aggression and cruelty so you know those are kind of like the anyways we all have our different personality types but also our strengths and like weaknesses we all have them you know the air personalities so this one is um they're natural entertainers who spread joy wherever they go uh adventurous energy uh but on the flip side their airy types can like substance and make light of serious matter um may have difficulty focusing applying themselves they love to poke fun but their jokes can end up hurting others now moving on the water personality so this one the nature of water that it flows downwards uh they tend to be calm placid and don't seek to dominate they're peacemakers welcoming soothing and comforting um they have an eye for beauty and their taste impeccable they can also be a little too attached to their comfort zone they may go with the flow and follow the path of least resistance standing up to the crowd or going against the grain doesn't come easily to water signs their trait is that water sorry water personality the traits of water is associated with pleasure seeking and self-indulge the earth personality um is they excel at tasks requiring focus concentration their tasks their tastes are simple and they have little interest in aesthetic um they're scholars they're bookworms they shine in the classroom but tend to dislike sports social events they come across as too heavy or serious being too orphan can lead to dullness depression and apathy and they may struggle with feelings of antiquity and low self-esteem but with earth you can build whatever type of cheese achieve come through difficult pain tasking effort so if you're wondering what type am i you know what element am i um the best way to figure out is to think of a time when you felt in your element when you feel most utterly yourself is it relaxing your gentle flowing stream of water or bungee jumping uh delivering a fiery speech like what is kind of asking yourself those questions but usually we kind of know what we are in a way because we kind of 
you know, we kind of know what we are, right? In a way, we know our personality. We know what we like, what we don't. If we don't know, it's fine. We figure it out. Um, just that's life. You kind of figure out what you are, what you're not, what you like, what you don't. But obviously, once again, I would say just not labeling ourselves. When you do these things, when you read these kind of articles, think about it as fun. Doesn't mean you're one thing. You can be a lot of things, anything you want to be. And not labeling yourself to just one thing, I think, is the best thing that I can recommend. Um, that I can say when it comes to like you know figuring out what's your personality, what's your personality type, what's your element, what's your you know your sign. You know, I'm a I'm a Taurus, but you know I can have um, some personality types of like I don't know Scorpio or whatever or other signs, other zodiac signs or um, elements in this case but I just thought it was fun because you know it's fun doing these kind of like getting to know yourself better with these quiz but also the only way you're really gonna know yourself better and learn who you really are is just living life living life getting out there is the only way you're gonna challenge yourself maybe not the only way but it's a pretty good way of challenging challenging yourself and discovering who you really are what you like what you don't what you want you know all of that but obviously it takes time and I think like our whole life we're going to be um, working progresses. Our whole life, you know what I mean? We just keep growing, we just keep learning and becoming who, who we're meant to be. Anyways, this next article is going to be quite a heavy topic because I'm talking about eating disorders. So this person in this article, if I can mention the name or maybe they're anonymous, let me check. At the end, it says they're anonymous. So this person that wrote this article titled it as Battling My Eating Disorder Day by Day. Um, in this case, we're talking about anorexia nervosa. So I will begin kind of reading it. It's a, quite a very deep, um, sensitive topic. You know, eating disorders, once again, is a very serious matter. So just a little disclaimer. So I have an eating disorder. The doctor calls it anorexia nervosa. But I was then being put in a box with a nice little label, for example, does it describe the amount of time it takes to make a decision in my brain that keeps me going circle and circle for fear of making a mistake? Does it capture desperation, sorry guys, desperation of feeling so empty and devoid of the hard claws at anything just to take away the pain? Please don't judge me. I was abused at a very young age. An age where the question of what your existence means is answered of our sense of self. By healthy attachment, my sense of existence depends on abuser who message of self-worth were determined by their whims and ugly needs. At an age when children begin begin to become aware of themselves as a being as a being in a body gifted by God, I was dissociation from a body that seems to cause more pain than its worth. I write seams in present tense, for though I've come a long way in healing from the trauma that will make that will take more time to undo the instinct message. Your existence is not inherited by inherited by the mere fact that you were born and depends on what you can produce for others. You don't deserve to have needs. How much more time will it take? The difficult answer. But I suspect it won't be a day, a week, or even a month to deprogram from false belief 
regardless of how many pills one swallow, it will take loads of good therapy, support from family and friends, and a willingness to continue to work hard to heal. I won't lie, it's not easy. Many can and do recover, but some do not. My intern convinced me. It will tell me that everyone else, including God, has abandoned me so I can rely on it to save me. Yet somehow, after being hospitalized twice eesh, in six months for a total of nine weeks to refeed my depleted body, I don't feel any more confident in my addiction ability to take care of me in the way that I need. Today, I found that the girl that I've been in recovery passed away. It breaks my heart. I've learned along the way that I get so easily sucked into the game my mind wants to play. Like, why me? Or does it ever end? And who fault is it? Do what I need and equal the positive reaction. So ask to challenge those tenuous, unhealthy thoughts. The sim- What is that, you ask? The simple translation is trust. But that t- that's too simple. You see, there is something I'm absolutely certain of. There's no way I can make, I can hope to make progress in this beautiful and terrifying journey if it's not in my trust in God. Letting go and letting God in an ongoing challenge. I'm talking about the every moment, every single thing that happens, only happening because God ordained to be, and therefore it must be the way kind of trust. Somewhere deep inside that since God goodness and kindness it all comes from him Uh, my mind is a powerful tool and the ability to lead me in many different directions it can make me sick or well improve or sabotage my relationship help me feel confident or completely overwhelmed i do all the time and the conclusion is always the same there is something larger than myself that i can reach out and draw strength from it Actually, I stand corrected. There is something that is self, something larger than any one part of me, whole and untouched, and that has and always will be my true core. My struggles are still there. I'm overwhelmed and demand good, unworthy, nothing special to look at. Are they my enemy? I don't see that way. Over time, I appreciate it. I come to appreciate that my addiction along its primitive and affected, ineffective method of dealing with certain emotion is just an immature coping mechanism that attempt me to keep me distracted from the pain that was created as a result of an abuse. But more than my story of some total of my experiences, I'm a part of God. This is one of my constant truths each day. I work on staying aware of the truth because if I'm not to myself, who am I? Wow. This one is such a deep... Um, article and a very serious topic as well. One thing that eating disorders are a life-threatening mental health issue. Um, it's a very, very serious one, obviously, since it is life-threatening. And, you know, it never goes away. I personally never had, God forbid, God forbid, I never had an eating disorder or any mental health issue in general. Um, I had a lot of, like, you know, body dysmorphia, insecurities with the body. Um, mostly, I would say, like, not eating disorder, but kind of distorted eating and quite a bad relationship with food, I'm not going to lie. Food, my body, you know, all of that is still, you know, a journey, a very difficult journey. And I guess we're all 
on on our own journeys at our own pace um but never never something as serious as this never never thankfully but in this case you know obviously we know that our mind is so powerful and our mind like really is so much more than we think like we can convince ourselves of things that are well that are so untrue and we can hurt ourselves so much um and obviously every day we're kind of just in a battle against herself, you know, against her own self and against the voices in our head telling us, oh, you know, you're not good enough and you're this and you're that. And we need to find a way to kind of stop these voices or in a way not listen to them, even though that's so much easier said than done. Um, I try to tell myself when the bad thoughts come, I try to tell myself, stop, you know, stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything negative or some or untrue. And recently, I try to tell myself when I have like a bad thought, I try to tell myself uh, my thoughts are not facts. My thoughts are not facts. I try to repeat in my head like my thoughts, they're not facts. They're just my own thoughts. Um, there's no like, you know, written fact, factual answer um, to to my certain thought. You know, sometimes I think, oh my god, like. I'm so dumb or I'm so, you know, and sometimes we, we say these things and then we actually convince ourselves that it's true, you know. The mind is quite powerful. Like we'll tell ourselves, oh my God, I'm so dumb, I'm so stupid, I'm so awkward. And then we'll actually become all these things because we convince ourselves that it's true, right? But in this case, with eating disorder, it's not just about the physique. It's not just because you think you're fat or you think you're skinny or whatever you think you are. It also comes from a place of wanting control over a certain situation or it can also be, you know, the aftermath of a certain trauma, childhood or, you know, trauma in your life in general. In this case, in the article, this person is talking about being abused at a very young age. So that can also kind of lead to very serious problems because you can never get no rid of that feeling of, disgust because of this person that did this to you when you were such you know when you were a child when you didn't comprehend what was going on and what was the situation and that it was wrong so i think definitely the disorder comes from kind of the aftermath of this terrible terrible crazy psycho situation messed up situation that it, you know doing that to a child doing that to anyone is just messed up in general but honestly, I just, wow. Wishing a lot of luck to that person. Wishing a lot of luck and love and sending them love and hope and and health. Health, the most important thing is to be healthy before anything. But honestly, wow, that's such a messed up, crazy story. My God. Whew. It's hard to read. It's hard to read. Um... Yeah, anyways, I cannot say more because thankfully I haven't, I didn't experience any of this horrible things. I have my own, you know, my own trauma, but not as, not like that, you know what I mean? Not like that, not anything abused or anything, I don't know, thank God. But I think we all have, we all have our, our own set of trauma, our own set of challenges that we need to overcome. 
but in this case it's you know something a lot more serious than just i mean everything is serious but in this case it's this is life-threatening you know what i mean um so yeah that's all i can say for now um for that article of today but i just thought i would share it because it's so deep and such a serious matter that we need to talk more about um because once again it is life-threatening mm. you can die from this so well disclaimer the next one is another topic so i'm gonna be reading two more articles and then we're gonna end it there so um this one is written by erin loschak that's how you say the last name the moment after this is the, the title of the article the moment after you do something terrible this article kind of talks about guilt self-hate all of that so in his famous book compassion and self-hate dr rubin argued as the above quote is that, that self-hate lies at the root of all nasty destructive and hateful behavior including behavior di directed at others so subject to much debate making major waves in time including multiple screen adaptation okay talking about this this doctor it's not hard to see why as basic premise strike a deep chord when we are honest enough to face our own inadequacy. It can be excruciating to deal with life causing all type all type of destruction, all type of destructive behaviors. Dr. Rubin's suggestion of radical self-acceptance that have proven quite popular by what should we do when we don't think ourselves worthy of such love? What if we really did something terrible? Can you shake off the shame and guilt? And live an honorable life so in this case they're sharing kind of a story of cain unanswered plea basically they're sharing the story so it's kind of like a a story in the bible so it talks about kind of cain and abel so there's two brothers um basically cain offering god shun gracefully accepted abel so basically cain murdered his brother in cold blood and eventually leading Cain to realization that he just did something terrible, right? So Cain cries, my sin is too great to bear. And he proceeds to accept his fear that everyone will try to kill him because they found out that he, you know, murdered his brother. Therefore, whoever kills Cain, um, anyways, he was just very afraid and guilty because he did something, I mean, in this case, unimaginable, horrible. The only thing Cain was worried about was saving his own skin. So God response makes sense. Don't worry, I got your back, but that's not everything Cain said. Said a few more words, my sin my sin is too great to bear. God seems to be sorely lacking. Cain just realized that he made a grave catastrophic mistake, a hysteric error, the likes of which had never yet to have be, have been committed. He has taken a life of another human, and his very own brother no less. And he kept repeating, my, my sin is too much to bear. How will I ever live with myself? This is a piercing, painful question. How did God answer? By simply telling him that no one would kill him. This isn't just a question about Cain. It's just a question about me, you and anyone else. Whoever made a mistake, something you know, horrible, something very serious. How are we supposed to live with ourselves in the aftermath? We should tell ourselves... What should we tell ourselves? 
you know, the cassade of guilt, shame, and horror after doing something terrible. Obviously, in this case, talking about something, you know, completely messed up. You know, the example, the story is very, you know, very messed, you know, kind of extreme in this case because we're talking about murder. But in any in any situation, you know, when we do something bad, you know, it's just that guilt after doing something bad. That's why I always say on the Naomi show that my goal in life is to be able is to live with no regrets but also mostly live in peace live you know live in peace with myself and be able to sleep at night and look at myself in the mirror every day you know what i mean so i feel like once you're able to do that and not feel like you know so guilty about a situation and not be at peace in this particular story talking about you know killing and murdering his brother whatever um and I think the story was because Cain was jealous of Abel. That's why he murdered him, for whatever reason. Um, that's why, you know, when we do something terrible, the guilt, the shame, I think we should try to... Because, you know, we all make mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. Um, hopefully not this kind of mistake, but we all have our own share of, like, things that we feel shame, you know, situations, things that we did that we're... We're not very proud of, right? We all have that feeling. But that feeling shouldn't consume you. I feel like in a way, when you do something bad, and you know it's bad, then if it's, you know, towards someone obviously trying to fix it, like apologizing, or, you know, never doing it again, even though that is hard because sometimes we, you know, once again, we don't listen. We listen to the other part of our brain that is not rational, and it happens to everyone to make a mistake. No one is perfect. But in general, the reason why I always mention, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at all. Like, nev mm -mm, never. But I'm just saying that my goal is to always live in peace with myself. You know, being able to just sleep at night. That's my, my main goal. Obviously, I made my share of mistakes. I made my, I made my share of screw-ups. And I... I had to pay for it and I, you know, I paid the consequences. Just remembering that in every action that you take, there's consequences. And sometimes we're too impulsive and we don't think about, you know, the aftermath of the situation. Um, but I feel like definitely, obviously the, the goal would be to be perfect and never make mistakes and never do anything, you know, bad. But it's not realistic. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. You're going to... That's just part of living. It's part of life. But in this case, you're using this story as an example. Kind of like a life lesson that Cain was telling, you know, God of the universe. Like, I cannot bear to live with myself. You know, I can't bear to... How will I ever live a good life? How will I ever live my, with myself knowing that I murdered... You know what I mean? Knowing that I murdered my brother. Because of, you know, certain reason... I think I read it was like jealousy or something. And the reference, they're saying that we have to be honest. Like honest about what we did. In this case, Cain was honest. Because anyways, God, no matter what you do, you know, the universe and God, they know the truth. They know what you what you do. They know what you're doing. Um, but there's an answer, Cain. So the answer of all is the truth of sin is indeed terrible. It's really terrifying to live, but God promises us 
that if we're honest, if we really set out on a path, it'll help us live cleanly and peacefully with ourselves. I think honestly, honesty. You know, we always say honesty is the best policy. In this case, being honest is the best thing you can do. You know, when I when I made mistakes, I was like, oh, I should probably, you know, be honest. And sometimes you just need to explain yourself to the other person, explain yourself. Like, I did this because of this, this, this. And then you can easily, I guess, easily move on, right? Because I made my share of mistakes and then trying to resolve it, I was like, I should just be honest. I remember someone telling me, just be honest. You know, I mean, why are you... Just explain yourself. Some people just don't understand a certain... Don't understand why you did this or don't understand... Don't, you know, they don't see eye to eye. They don't understand your your perspective. So you have to... You know, in life, you have to explain yourself for people to understand you, right? And people are like, oh, okay, that's that's all. You know what I mean? That's all. That's that's why you, you did this. That's why you didn't do that. And sometimes people just want to understand where you're coming from and understand what they can do to help you when you do something bad, right? But obviously, even though we make mistakes, you shouldn't let your past hold hold you hostage, right? You should keep moving forward. Very often, the worst thing about doing something wrong isn't much of doing something wrong, but the moment after, right? The aftermath when we just think, oh my God, how am I going to sleep at night? How am I going to face anyone? How am I going to, you know what I mean? We all ask ourselves the same question. This is the person that I am. Oh my God, I'm such a bad person. Um, everybody thinks this of me. Everybody's gonna know that I did this. It's so embarrassing. You know, the aftermath is the worst, right? Like when you come back to your senses and you're like, oops, oops, I did something bad. You know, when you kind of like know you do something bad, it's that's honestly the worst. Like what people think of you, all of that, all this questioning. The deep truth revealed an exchange between God and Cain. So in the story, um, that it was up to us it would indeed be too hard to face the truth of our own rap sheets. Anyways, but we're not alone. Once we take the courage step of being honest, and if you've ever done something wrong, you're afraid to tell even your close friends. If you've done something that horrifies you and makes you feel that you were raging hypocrite, I don't deserve nice thing. It's never your place to claim any sort of moral, ethical, or religious ground because you're such a blazing faker that this is just for you you're not worse than Cain he ran into his brother over a piece of flax and yet after expressing expressing true remorse and selling out his path of repair then he turned to God in, in a terrified voice and cried my sin is too much to bear and God responded don't worry if you're honest if you're serious about making amends turning over a new leaf I'll chase away those inner demons and I'll make your past and I'll make sure your past doesn't held you, doesn't hold you hostage. Your past won't either. So anyways, this is something that I think is very difficult, obviously the guilt, you know, right? The guilt that consumes us after we do something terrible. It's just it's unbearable to live with. We can't live peacefully when we're you know, when we're lying to everyone or when we're And we keep the cycle of doing something terrible, constantly making the same mistake and making this, you know, doing the same cycle of making a mistake, feeling guilty, making a mistake, feeling guilty, and then all over and over again. I think the importance to be able to live a good life is to be able to move on. 
You made this mistake, but like they mentioned at the end of the article, you're not worse than Cain. You're not worse than your friend. You're not worse than anyone, right? Like we all make mistakes. And at the end of the day, you're not worse than the other one. You know, you're not worse than the other one next to you, the other one that made mistake. Just think about that. You're not worse than anyone. And I think at the end of the day, some people will often think, oh, you know, I'm better than this person. No, you're not better, but you're not worst, right? Because we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. And we just need to find a way to live with ourselves after making that mistake and understand that it's just part of living life. Once, you know, once again, I keep mentioning this all the time. Life is just, it's not just black and white. It's rainbow, right? It's like all over the place unexpected um things happen and that's just how it is so you know living in the past is like the worst thing you can do if you want to live in the present moment you need to forgive yourself that's the most important thing to remember forgive yourself you're not worse than anyone and you deserve to live a peaceful life no matter what you did in some in you know in some degree right in some degree um Obviously, it depends what you did, right? Once again, I think you guys kind of get it at this point. Um, so I will move on right away. So that was kind of the other, another life lesson. Kind of the lesson of like facing ourselves and lesson of kind of like, what do I do when I make a mistake? How do I even like face people after making a mistake? You do, and then you're fine. I promise I, I did it before. You, you survive. The last article... I'm going to be sharing in the episode of today is The Gift of New Beginnings, written by Yossi Goldman. That's the name of the person that wrote the article. So, a fellow ordered a pair, so it always starts with the story. So, a fellow ordered a pair of custom-made pants. When he came to collect the trousers, the tailor apologized, but they, but they weren't yet ready. Quite upset, the gentleman remarked, the whole world is seven days. How long does it make? Does it take to make a single pair of pants? Yes, but it looks. But look at what a mess of the world is. Do you want your pants to look like God's world? You know, then it takes time. Anyways, the story of creation begins in well-known line. Committedly returned beginning. So God created heaven and earth, um, but He also created a new world. He created the idea of new beginnings. And new opportunities for all time. Imagine if there was never a time opportunity to start over again. Our lives would be a significantly poorer for it. Maybe surprised to learn that um, that he created other worlds too, but they do not please him, so they do not endure. When it comes to our world, does it say he saw God saw that it was good, and others did not? Because the world, this world, found favor in his eyes. And basically they're saying that God messed up while trying to make the perfect world. He messed up and had to keep trying over and over again until he got it right. Doesn't sound like the perfect supreme being we subscribe to. I heard a beautiful answer in the name. Of course, God doesn't need to practice until he gets it right. By, cre by creating several worlds before ours... He was teaching us an important lesson, an important life lesson. It's okay to make a mistake and to start again. Because thankfully, there are always new beginnings. So look at Adam and Eve, um, Cain and Abel, 
Can you imagine how they felt? They gave birth to a murderer. The parents of, you know, Cain and Abel. They could have been forgiving, forgiving for deciding not to bring any more children into the world. But instead, they had other children such as Seth who became a forefather of Noah, Abraham, and all of us. What if they given up hope? Thank God they started over and would build their family and they made the correct decision. So... If God could start over, Adam and Eve, and even Cain, so can we. We can decide to start over anytime we want to. Thankfully, we live in a world full of opportunities, fresh starts, and new beginnings. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is true, and sometimes we forget it. Sometimes we need a reminder that, once again, you're allowed to make mistakes, but you need to move on. You need to move on and understand that there are new beginning thankfully you can start again thankfully there's tomorrow and after tomorrow you can start again right but just remember don't make the mistakes like you know if you keep making the same mistake then you know at some point it's too much right but in general it's important to understand that after all you're just a human being you're just trying to make it in this world you're trying to live a good life you know but obviously challenges comes our way and we need to learn how to deal with those and deal with people and deal with everything else in our in our lives so yeah that was the end of the article of today um it's so important to not let your mistakes consume you who you are consume you the guilt that you have after doing something wrong, you know, that, that, that guilt for just simply being yourself or guilt um, after doing something that they were not, you were not supposed to do. Just remember that you cannot let situation, words have power over you. You cannot. You need to have power over them, over that situation. Because when we are honest about what we did, about what's going on, we... The situation, the word, has so much less power over us. That's that's what I think I try to tell myself. You know, if you, if you give so much power to that one word, that one situation, that one mistake, then it will, it will help hold you hostage for the rest of your life. It's a lot lighter, you know, when you don't give that word or that a mistake or situation so much power. Anyways, just remember that. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of today i love you all and good luck to you all on your life journeys hopefully a peaceful life good health and many more things to learn because we're never finished we're never done learning never never um anyways goodbye <laughs>